Ready? And three, two. Wait, what, are we starting? Oh, I thought, <laughs> I thought, I thought that's the countdown, bro. He says yeah. he knows Zach. It's weird. Zach Rigger? Two on one. A fantasy football podcast with your host, Steven Bautista. Bad boy, good boy. What's up, everyone, and welcome to the two-on-one, a fantasy football podcast. I'm your host, Steven Bautista. Alongside me, as always, the commish, Tommy Molio, and everybody's best friend, Dominic Rickard. So we had some lopsided victories and big upsets in Week 10 of the NFL season. The week started off with the Steelers crushing the Panthers on Thursday Night Football 52-21, and we also witnessed arguably the best team in football right now, the Saints, embarrass the Bengals 51-14. The most surprising lopsided victory of the week was the underdog Buffalo Bills, who were led by newly signed modern-day alum Matt Barkley. The Bills destroyed the Jets 41-10, which no one predicted. We also had the Browns, who were able to beat the Falcons in a home victory. Led by rookie Nick Chubb, the Browns defeated the Falcons 28-16. After the game, Baker Mayfield spoke to the media and said he woke up feeling a little dangerous on Sunday. That has to be one of the best quotes of the year. And lastly, we had the Tennessee Titans handily defeat the New England Patriots. The score ended up 34-10 but could easily have been by a wider margin. The Titans dominated the Patriots, and Tom Brady continues to struggle with a Gronkless offense. But I'm sure the Patriots will figure it out and bounce back like they always do. On the injury front, Cooper Cup was lost for the season to an ACL injury he suffered during the Rams-Seahawks game, and it was also reported by Adam Schefter from ESPN that A.J. Green will most likely miss all of November and won't return until December. Tough news for people with A.J. Green stock. NFL Quick Hits. Tommy, this one's for you, man. Which victory was most impressive to you this week? The Steelers on Thursday night or the Saints destroying the Bengals? I mean, I think the better game was the Steelers on Thursday night football uh, going against Carolina. I mean, I know they blew them out, but I think Carolina has a pretty good defense and that Carolina also started really strong. But I think uh, the Saints being the Bengals kind of had a little bit more of implications on like showing how good the Saints really are this year and then how bad the Bengals defense is, which resulted in their defensive coordinator getting fired. So I, I think the Saints Bengals game uh, kind of stood out more to me. And and also because that whole offense just goes off every single week and it's amazing to see and being a Michael Thomas owner, it's ridiculous and it's awesome. I love it. Quick shout out to the Garage Guys Fantasy Football Podcast. Give the Saints some love. I know you guys are big Saints fans over there. So just want to say what up. Who dat? Who dat? Hey, Dominic, the uh, Saints uh, coaching staff, obviously, uh, Sean Payne, that guy does not get his foot off the gas. Like, he continues to go for the throat, and he showed it on Sunday, you know, stomping on the, on the Bengals. Yeah, I think that's the way you have to be in the NFL because once you let up, your your team loses focus, and keeping your foot on the gas pedal, like you said, is the only way, in my opinion. How about that uh, – Des Bryant signing though he really helped him out, huh? You got to you got you got to feel bad for the guy. Was it two days back of practice and he blows his Achilles? So bad. Yeah, at least he made six hundred thousand dollars though. And I also read that that he's going to um, if they win any playoff games, he's part of the bonuses. And if they win the Super Bowl, he'll get a ring. So, I mean, I know he feels probably terrible, but at least he gets a little compensation with that a uh, six hundred k. I'd be happy with that. Do you think uh, part of the reason he blew his Achilles because he's been out so long and hasn't been playing? 
you know, like he came back and you know, just, I don't know. I think that's everyone's initial thought, but I, it's just a, such a freak accident. And when it injury, when it happens, I've been, uh, I was working out at the air force Academy and we were doing uh, polymetric box jumps and this guy blew it right next to me. And it was the loudest pop I've ever heard in my life. And then I saw it roll up in his calf. It was oh. the most gruesome injury I've seen. And wow. so I don't, you can never tell you, you, everyone will speculate and that's the reason why, but you just got to feel bad for the guy. He, he waited out for the right opportunity and then doesn't even get to show what he can still do. Yeah, man. And that's, that's a really tough injury for like older athletes to come back from. You know, there's a lot of, there's a lot of history with these kind of athletes like Kobe had it, David Beckham, it kind of just ended their career. So hopefully for Des, he'll be able to come back, but it's going to be a gruesome rehab and and you're right, man. He waited for the right opportunity. He could have took a lot more money at the beginning of the year, and he decided to wait to try to be, you know, win a Super Bowl. And unfortunately for him, it didn't work out. So my uh, my quick hit for this week is I just want to talk about defenses real quick. And being a defensive player uh, my whole life, uh, it's been great to kind of see some of the defenses in this league do amazing things this year. You know, we have our top defenses in the league with the Chicago Bears, Baltimore Ravens, Buffalo, Jacksonville. And then I think it's a tie between Minnesota and Tennessee. All those defenses have been showing up and putting up uh, big numbers defensively for fantasy uh, every single week. So, you know, I think some of those teams are obvious, you know, why they're at the top of the list for best defenses. But the surprising one to me, in my opinion, is Buffalo. You know, I streamed them last week against the Jets. And although they are one of the worst teams in the NFL this season, their defense has remained surprisingly stout in terms of yards per game. But they're giving up an average of 25 points per game, you know, so that's why it's not translating to wins. So, you know, they're also ranked near the top in tackles, sacks, and interceptions. You know, they've been sneaky good this year. Steve, do any of those teams surprise you besides Buffalo? Yeah, you know, Buffalo's had a good defense. they got a good defensive um, coach in McDermott. You know, I think even the Jets, to a certain extent, have had a good uh, year on defense. So, you know, it's just it's just kind of hit or miss. It's hard to play defense nowadays in the NFL with these rules. So, um, yeah, I think it's really important. So, you know, and then on the flip side of that, we have like some of the worst defenses in the league going off at the same time. Those being Atlanta, Oakland, unfortunately, uh, Cincinnati, Tampa Bay, and and even one two defenses that were supposed to be actually a little bit better uh, than they performed this year, Cleveland and Kansas City. You know, so I'm not going to spend a lot of time shitting on these guys and and <laughs> saying like well, I think you know, why uh, I think it's obvious why they're near the bottom of the league. But one thing that I think they all have in common is that they're allowing the best wide receiver on the opposing team to get open multiple times a game, and we're seeing more and more hurdles by offensive players because tacklers are still trying to tackle with their head down and leaving their feet. You know, Zeke had a great hurdle last week against Philadelphia, and we've seen Kareem Hunt hurdle guys from a standing position with no momentum moving forward. Yeah. Um, You know, Dom, you and I played defense in college, and I know we both were taught how to properly tackle, you know, meaning we tackle with our face masks and never left our feet. Do you think the NFL needs to work on fundamentals, or are these defenders simply just trying to get that knockout shot? Playing defense in the NFL in 2018 is impossible. With all the rule changes, I don't think if they work on fundamentals of tackles to answer your question, it's going to change anything. It, you don't know how to not lead with your helmet or your shoulder because they're all attached. You don't know what you can do to a quarterback. I think the NFL is is moving to a you know a fantasy football type league, and that's what we like, and as fans, and that's what everyone likes. So, uh, if my you know my son starts playing football, I hope he plays offense because it's almost impossible to know where you're standing as a defensive player. So 
I, yeah, I, I don't think technique and going back to the fundamentals is going to change any of that. I do like the, the hurdles. I, I don't think that was even a thought when we were playing. You know, you thought that you would die if you jumped over somebody, but it's more exciting. But to answer your question simply, I don't think anything they can do can, can fix the bad tackling. All right, so my quick hit this week, I guess is isn't really quick. It's a little bit longer, but I want to look at analytics. Uh, and I got these stats from Next Gen Stats off of Twitter, and it has to do with Amari Cooper's trade and its effect on Dak Prescott and Zeke Elliott, two fantasy guys that are pretty relevant, especially Zeke. And uh, I saw, Tommy, that you picked up Dak this week, so maybe this will help you out. Yeah, I hope so. Let's hear some good news. <clears throat> so the stats are focusing on Dak. Uh, weeks one through eight before Amari and then weeks nine and 10 after Amari. And I know it's only been two weeks, so it's a smaller sample size, but there's a couple of stats that I think are worth mentioning. So there's the first one is tight window throw percentage. That is when a receiver is, has a defender one yard or closer to him weeks one through eight Dak threw 23.8% of passes within that window in weeks nine and 10, only 6%. So he's decreasing throwing to covered receivers. Then on the opposite, the open throw percentage, he would throw to receivers weeks one through through eight, 36.9% of the time, and now he's throwing at 55.2, so his receivers are getting more wide open, you know, Amari. Then these ones are pretty straightforward. Completions percentage without Amari, 62.1, with Amari, 70.1, and then his passer rating, which I think is the most effective way to rate a quarterback, weeks one through eight, 87.4 with Amari 101.2. So I think Dak is definitely trending up, and I think Amari opens the offense. Now, going into Zeke, the focus on the stats that I pulled from Next Gen is on 11 personnel. And for people that don't know what 11 personnel is, you rank your number of running backs and your number of tight ends, and then you fill in receivers. So that's one running back, one tight end, and then three wide receivers. So when they're running 11 personnel, Ezekiel Elliott, only faces 2.6% of an eight-man box. When they're running any other personnel, they face 46.7% of eight-man boxes. So with adding Amari, they go, the percentage of run attempts that are in 11 personnel went from 44% to 47%. His yards per rush went from 4.1 to 6.3%. So he's getting 6.3 yards and they're running because they're running that 11, the 11 man front and his 10 plus yard runs went from 11.9 to 23.5. And so, I mean, all these effects are Amari is they're being able to spread out the offense and open up the, the box for, for Zeke to be more productive. So I see the Cowboys the last two weeks. So in my opinion, only a two game sample size, like I said before, but it, I think it's definitely justifies a first round pick. What are your guys' thoughts? Dang, those stats are crazy. Do you think also like it being week 10, 11, I guess that'd be from week nine and 10 in the league. It's, you know, with, with the not throwing to the covered receivers as part of that, just his confidence is kind of getting better, you know? And I, I I totally see the correlation of, of the stats where you're saying with Amari there, you know, and, and the personnel they're running, opening it up both for, for Dak and Zeke. But at this point, you know, in the season, is it also, them just kind of coming into their own a little bit getting more comfortable and making better plays yeah i definitely think that factor factors into it and again it's a small sample size but i think amari is a true number one receiver even if you know he has some drops in the past and now they have to respect 
you know, a, a true receiver that they have. So it spreads yeah. the offense out even more. Yeah, which is something they didn't have before, you know, since Dez. And even with Dez, I, I mean, I don't think he ever really, you know, conveyed the 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 attention. defensive scheme. Yeah, the attention, the defensive scheming again, you know, against them as a number one receiver. And I think Amari Tolley is a number one receiver. Uh, but I think if the original question was like, you know, was he worth a first round pick? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know if he's still yeah, worth a first round pick. But he is amazing, and and I think. Uh, you know the stats kind of back that up you know and I, and i think what we're also seeing and you know call a new team or new scheme but we're seeing amari kind of at his best with the last couple of weeks than how he's been the last season and a half of the raiders which is not necessarily his worst but definitely not playing at his best yeah and also um on that question with you know is he worth a first round pick you got to also think they got to pay him 14 million dollars next year in his fifth year option and then they got to sign him long term whereas if you get a first round pick you're basically getting cheap labor for the next four years you know so like you said tommy i I don't think he's worth a first round pick but i definitely think he helps Dak prescott which we have seen and i think it's going to help him um down the line more this season i was just going to say i agree with with both of you, uh, when I first heard this pick, I'm like, oh, it wasn't worth a first-round pick. But if these stats te- tend to go in this direction, you can't buy that production. I mean, you can't draft that production, that increase in those stats. So if it keeps trending in this direction, maybe even if it dips a little bit, I do think it isn't worth a number-one pick. And I, that actually changed my mind in just two weeks looking at the analytics. Well, I'm, hoping, I'm, I'm definitely hoping it pays off for me this week with Dak. All right, good stuff, guys. Now let's check out this week's poll with, whoa, check out this poll. Whoa, check out this poll, man. Yeah, so again, I just did two simple questions for my poll this this week just to get to know the league a little bit better. Uh, the first question is, who do you have making the Super Bowl this, this year? Um, the f- number one most popular answer was Saints versus Chiefs. Uh, Tommy, myself, and Aaron Fosberg picked that. Then the second was Rams versus Chiefs. So Chiefs twice there, and that was uh, Jeff and John at 20%. Then we had Rams versus Steelers. That was Vince and Matt. Uh, then the next one we had was Saints versus Steelers. Uh, Steve and Art both said that. Then we had Saints versus Chargers. I guess you guys can all choose. I mean, you guys can guess who said Chargers, so that was an outlier. <laughs> Saints versus Chargers. Yeah, Aaron uh, Rapoli. Keep dreaming, Aaron. So it's going to be some some combination of Rams and Saints or Chiefs and Steelers put that in you know in your betting books and bet those guys during wild card weekend cuz we we all think that the combination of those four teams are going to make it to the Super Bowl and I think everyone in the fantasy football world will kind of agree I feel like somehow John's going to figure out a tease bet where he gets like three <laughs> of those four people in there somehow even though there's only two people playing the Super Bowl he's going to get three people in the bet somehow yeah, he's got to get like a multi-week bet through the playoffs <laughs> to get those. Yeah, for forty-eight cents. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So my second poll question is uh, just something simple. What's the best sporting event you've ever been to? Both John and Jeff said the USC Notre Dame game, where USC beat Notre Dame for the first time in thirteen years. Both uh, Steve and Aaron Fosberg said a Rose Bowl game. Uh, I think there were two different Rose Bowl games. Steve, which one were you talking about? Uh, the USC uh, Michigan one back when Matt Leiner was still the uh, the quarterback for the Trojans. Nice, yeah, definitely. It was a fun game. And I know Fosberg's been to a couple, but I went th- I went with him to 
the Rose Bowl when it was Stanford versus Iowa when Christian McCaffrey was at Stanford, and that was pretty sick to see him live. Yeah, Matt also said it was at the Rose Bowl, but it was um, the USC versus UCLA rival game. He said there was 120,000 people there. He was on the 50-yard line, and he said looking around, seeing the Rose Bowl pack like that, I'm guessing it was back in the Matt Liner days because you know that, that game's not selling out like that the last couple of years. And then, Tommy, I, I want to hear your a little bit in debt on this one because I've never been to a game, but you said Rugby 7. I'm guessing that was in Las Vegas. Oh, uh, the Rugby 7s. Uh, World Cup and it, it tours around, but it used to stop in Vegas. Now, actually, I think it's it's either still in Vegas or it's in San Francisco. But yeah, that if you've never been to a rugby match, they're amazing, and, and the sevens are are the best in my opinion to watch because it's it's a smaller team. It's only seven men on the field, uh, seven men for each team on the field playing seven minute halves with a clock that doesn't stop, just like soccer. So it's constant action. Um, you have all a bunch of guys that are basically like strong safeties and running back types. Um, so they're they have some muscle on them, but they're all fast, and it's just, it's just constant action. And then because it's because it's World Cup, there's it's all the nations that are playing against each other. So not only do you get this national you know rivalry between different nations, especially the ones that are really good like New Zealand and Fiji. And of course, you know, Samoa is there, which is who I'm rooting for every time. But the fan base for all of those nations is insane. And if you've ever been to one of these tournaments, you know, people dress up for Raider games, people dress up for uh, a World Cup for soccer. But the fans that dress up for the Rugby Sevens, especially when they're in New Zealand, uh, it's, it's amazing. Like they they go full out and, and there's, you know, majority people there are dressed up. So that's been my favorite sporting event, um, mostly because of the action. And 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 seeing you know my my home nation playing, nice yeah. And then uh, the last two, both Aaron uh, Rapoli and myself said a World Series game. His was uh, the Dodger um, game this year. He took his wife, I think, for their anniversary. That went. That was the one that went 18 innings, and the Dodgers actually won. Uh, I don't think he stuck around for the whole thing. I, I asked him right after. And then mine was uh, Game Six of the 2003 World Series when the Angels came from behind to beat the Giants. For some reason, Will Collins asked me, hey, man, do you want to go to an Angel game? You know, I, I wasn't, I mean, we're good buddies, but I've never been to a baseball game with him before. And just happened to be game six of the World Series, sitting in the diamond section right behind home plate, three rows down from David Hasselhoff. And the Angels came back from, from behind to win that game. And then they won the World Series in game seven. So I don't think I'll ever be in another sporting event like that. So Nice name drop, Dom. <laughs> is that the one where the rest of us were at a homecoming dance in the no, park at the game seven was a homecoming yeah that's pretty sweet Dom for for will to take you will will collins is a pretty upstanding citizen <laughs> <laughs> all right dom that was good stuff this week all right now let's move on to some fantasy football talk hey, fantasy, fantasy. All right, guys, so the biggest news of the week in fantasy obviously has to be the decision by Le'Veon Bell to not sign his tender and not play in the 2018 football season. Obviously, there are huge implications, obviously, for Bell owners as well as Connor owners and those poor people that traded Connor before the bye week. So we'll start (laughs) with you, Tommy, because you're one of those uh, guys that rolled the dice and won uh, by uh, trading James Connor. For people that don't know, I traded 
Connor to Tommy for Jarvis Landry um, right before the bye when everyone was saying that he was going to come back. So, um, to, you know, credit to Tommy. He rolled the dice. And at the time, I had a pretty good team. I was 6-0, and and I said, you know what, I needed a receiver help, and I thought I could do it. So that's why I pulled the trigger. But, yeah, Tommy, let everyone know uh, how you're feeling right now, man. I'm feeling great. I'm feeling absolutely amazing. Um, I knew – I didn't know, but I just had this feeling that – I've been seeing it the entire time, even before I had James Conner, that Le'Veon Bell wasn't going to come back. It wasn't in his best interest. He, it, this was entirely a business decision. This had nothing to do with playing football, with his love for the Steelers, his teammates, how he feels about the game. This was 100% a business decision. So looking from that lens, I I thought he made the best business decision. And without guarantee, without playing playing without guaranteed money, was stupid and and i think um and again shout out to the garage guys i heard you guys podcast earlier you're talking about it uh, they said that having him come back as a franchise tag is basically forcing someone to play for your team or to work for your company that they don't want to work for and they don't want to do it for the money you're paying them but you're making them do it you know so it's kind of bs to have that franchise tag in the first place but to use it for the second or third time on Le'Veon bell i thought was a slap in the face so I think he made a good decision. He's going to get paid. No, there's no doubt about that. If, if Cleo Mack can get paid the money he got paid, if Aaron Donald could get paid that money, there's no Adele Beckham. There's, there's no way that Bell's not going to get paid by somebody next year and get picked up. So I'm ecstatic. I, I thought it was a smart move on my part, part to uh, get Connor from Steve. You know, full disclosure, I offered him Antonio Brown for Melvin Gordon right before that, and he turned it down. So I just shot him the next one, said, all right, Jarvis Landry, next best guy up, and and he went for him. And at the time, Jarvis was having still a really good season, and I think he'll continue to have a good season, even though he's had a slump in the last few weeks. Um, But it's just, you know, kind of the turnover and, like, the Browns kind of overall scheme and what they're doing. So... Uh, I, I'm ecstatic. Uh, I hope Connor is fine with this, like you know, concussion or mild concussion, and keeps doing what he's been doing all year because it's been awesome to see. Yeah, yeah, luckily I was able to pick up uh, Nick Chubb uh, as well, so um, at least I have a, a running back three now that I can kind of use, and hopefully he's serviceable. He's playing pretty good. So um, Dominic, you're on the other end of the spectrum. You actually traded for Le'Veon Bell, um, thinking and hoping that uh, he would come back and help you, basically uh, to a championship. How you feeling, man, with the, with the news? First off, I guess to your defense, I think it's important to tell everybody out there, you do have Gordon. I'm sorry. Uh, Ing- God, let me start that over. What's it, which, I always get his name wrong. Thank um, you for defending me, Dominic. San Diego running back. Uh, Sa- uh, Saquon Barkley and Melvin Gordon. Yeah, okay. <clears throat> First of all, yeah, in your defense, Steve, I think it's important for everyone to know who your other running backs are. Uh, Melvin Gordon, Saquon Barkley, and you had Ingram coming off. Uh, a suspension, so you were looking pretty good at the running back spot, and as you mentioned, you picked up Chubb, so you're you're still doing fine in the running back side. So I, I totally see why you wanted to make a move, and, and Landry was you know a top I think seven receiver at the time. Uh, right. So it, it's you know no one knew what this Bell thing was going to happen. Obviously, I I traded for him two weeks ago, thinking he'd come back week ten. I had Todd Gurley. At the time, I was 7-0. and I was in the same position. I thought I could make a push for the playoffs and get Le'Veon Bell. I still don't think I gave up that much. I mean, I gave up Juju and Jordan Howard. I was never going to play Jordan Howard just because he's not trustworthy fantasy-wise. 
So I don't feel bad about giving getting Jordan Howard away. I do feel bad about losing Juju, but I did pick up uh, MVS for the Packers. So it's a nice, nice replacement. I mean, he's not getting 17 points like Juju, but he's still getting targets. I I do would like to petition to Tommy in the league. I mean, this is not real because I know it's not going to happen, but I think we should open the trade deadline till the end of uh, Wednesday of next week, just because it gives me the chance now that I know that Bell is not on my team to make a trade because you know the waiver wire is pretty thin. But also, we kind of let the the waiver wire, or I mean, the trade deadline come and go without really making an announcement. I know you made an announcement a couple weeks ago, Tommy, but I think. Uh, on Monday, you were like, "Oh crap, guys! The waiver wire passed." So that's that like last team. weekend or something. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and I think ESPN's trade deadline still isn't over yet. Like, I think they have till next week or something like that. So maybe that's something to consider next week, or excuse me, next year for uh, for the league. But yeah, man, I feel you, Dom. I think that, like you said, I think we talked about it when you did the trade, and it, we were thinking it was like a lottery ticket because if he did come back. You know, I mean, he definitely would have been sitting really nice um, going in. But that's fantasy, man. You have to try to do these trades. You always try to get better. You know, you can't. And like you said earlier, no one knew what was going to happen. I know, Tommy, you said you had a really good feeling about it. And, and, you know, I'm sure you did. But at the end of the day, no one really knew. And if, you know, you told me at the beginning of the year, Le'Veon Bell is going to sit out the entire year, I would have called you crazy. Um, so, I mean, obviously now Le'Veon Bell is the worst draft pick in the history of fantasy football. The one thing I did know and that'll definitely stick by is all the uh the headlines that came out all the stories that came out you know were entirely bs and i was like adamant about that the entire time and 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 agreeing with you steve that like nobody knew but for all these other talking heads in the industry to keep saying he's gonna come back he's gonna come back when they didn't really know it's gonna come they were what he was gonna do i think that's really bad and then and, and yeah. none of those guys have been accountable um this past week you know, except for maybe Matthew Barry, but he was just saying that, you know, he should come back. Not that he was reporting, oh, he's come back week six or week eight, or there's a letter from his agent or some other like BS that was out there. So, um, you know, I, I think uh, some of those guys need to be careful with, with their reporting. Yeah. And I know they're looking for headlines, but, you know, <laughs> at this point, there's a lot of money. There's a lot of stake on fantasy football. You know, and I think giving that good advice to not get people's hopes up, you know, but to just give like a more of a sound, um, not very safe advice, but to not like build people's hopes up and think something's going to happen when they don't know what's going to happen. Steve, I do agree that this is the worst fantasy draft draft yeah. ever because if you like compared to David Johnson last year, yeah, right. you pick him second or third overall, but he hurt his wrists and he was on IRs and you knew he wasn't going to play, so you could right. drop him. Right, and maybe on Bell looming for 10 10 weeks you had to keep him on your bench then you yeah. traded him so people you know one guys lost guys and lost a, a roster spot for 10 yeah. weeks so it was it was a circus and i'm glad it's over i still yep. can't believe i had to say to the fantasy league i dropped Le'Veon bell for tennessee titans defense <laughs> I'm, st- I'm they have some good matchups in the playoffs so i figured i carry a second defense and i still can't believe i had to say that out loud the best thing that we could say, though, is that uh, we probably won't be talking about Le'Veon Bell very much on this podcast anymore. So I think that it's uh, it lays it to rest, and it's done, and I'm glad it's done, and now we can all move forward, and and uh, let's talk uh, some more fantasy football about players that are actually playing right now. So how about we do uh, fantasy studs? Hey, stud. Tommy, why don't you start us off this week? I have two fantasy studs on my list for this week. First one, uh, especially for a tight end. Eric Ebron for the Indianapolis Colts. 
what a day. 27 fantasy points, but coming off of only three targets, three catches, six for 69 yards and two touchdowns, but then adding one rush for two yards and, and another touchdown. All right. And so the second guy on my list is uh, Aaron Jones. I've had this guy stashed since the draft day and finally decided to put him in the lineup on the day that he has a big day. 31 fantasy points for coming from 15 rushes for 145 yards and two touchdowns and adding three catches for 27 yards. So, yeah, stoked to see Aaron Jones. Have a good day. I hope this keeps up. I think we are finally have freed Aaron Jones. I got to give you credit for that one, Tommy. I was You kind of held him the whole year. I thought for sure you'd drop him at some point, and you even called this week's production. So you, you uh, tweeted out that you thought he would get 100 yards and two touchdowns, and I think he actually did better than that. So uh, good job on that, man. Uh, Dominic, who do you have this week? Uh, yeah, my fantasy stud went against me on Thursday night, uh, jumped out to a big, big lead for Vince, uh, Big Ben, 328 passing yards, five passing TDs, and this one is me. three rushes for 27 yards. Who knew he could run that far? <laughs> 48 fantasy total points in our league, and uh, I think that happened to you when I had Deshaun Watson. Yep. Watch me jump out to an early lead on Thursday is pretty heartbreaking. Yeah, no, that's hard. Once I mean, 52 points from a quarterback – Man, that's rough, dude. So I, you walked into a buzzsaw. <laughs> my uh, my studs for the week is uh, I have two this week. I have Nick Chubb. Um, he rushed for uh, 20 times for 176 yard and one touchdown. He also had the longest uh, touchdown in the history of the Browns, which was 92 yards. And he also had um, three receptions for 33 yards and a touchdown on three targets. So very efficient, very good day for him. And also I had uh, Corey Davis. Uh, the reason I chose him is because he went against Stephon Gilmore, who is one of the top cornerbacks in the league, and he destroyed him, man. He had seven receptions for 125 yards and a touchdown on 10 targets. Tommy, man, Mariota and uh, Corey Davis, what do you think? That's a new thing or what? It looked, it looked good. It looked good. Yeah, and and, and they, they haven't been able to put it together in consecutive weeks, but it is the second time they've done it, and I hope it keeps up. I mean, it, I think the Titans' def- uh, offense needs it. But also, how about Derrick Henry getting in the end zone this week, too? Like, yep. Um, what a what a week to have a have, have great games by by the Titans, uh, especially going up against the Patriots. They need to throw more screens to Deion Lewis, uh, and they <laughs> need to stop stealing his touchdowns. But he scored three touchdowns in the last two weeks, so he's trending up for sure. Hey, Steve, real quick question on uh, your uh, who was your first stud again? Uh, Nick Chubb. Yeah, Nick Chubb. Uh, I saw you had Duke Johnson because you have both of them in your lineup right. in the beginning of the week. Were you ever serious about starting him or were you just playing mind games? Because I know he uh, had yeah. a lot of receptions last week. Yeah, he had actually 14 fantasy points. Um, I had him in the beginning. I just It's so hard, especially with the new offensive coordinator. David Duke Johnson had 28 points last week, so I was kind of contemplating. But then Michael Clay from uh, ESPN said, you know, the biggest thing in fantasy football that you have to look at is volume. You know, it's just opportunity. You can have all the talent in the world. Um, the guy can be really good, but if he doesn't get the opportunities, uh, he's not going to do it. And perfect example is Corey Davis. You know what I mean? If he doesn't get the opportunities or Amari Cooper. So I thought about that. And then so that's why I plugged in Nick Chubb. So, yeah, I kind of thought about it, but I'm glad I went with Nick Chubb at the end of it. What Dominic is really asking you is, are you going to drop Duke Johnson because no, he no. needs enough? <laughs> <laughs> you could just drop him week 13 and 14. That'd be great. Now it's just a handcuff for me, man, because I think if Nick Chubb goes down, I think Duke Johnson uh, gets into that role and could still be really productive as well. So, yeah, yeah man, it's a crazy year. 
So Tommy, since you had a, a stud for uh, a tight end for a stud, I'm gonna actually jump in and start with my dud because he's also a tight end. <laughs> you got the dud, uh, Jimmy Graham. I think we talked about him the last couple weeks on the podcast, but I mean the Packers' offense is still prolific, and he had one target, one reception for 14 yards and two fantasy points. He's still tight end number nine, so I don't think you should panic with 85 points. But Zach Ertz is tight end number one with 180 points, almost 100 more points than him. Uh, so that's my dud for the week. Who do you got, Tommy? That's crazy because Jimmy Graham's stats sounds almost exactly like my dud of the week. David Njoku's stats, another tight end with one target for one catch, 18 yards, no touchdowns, two fantasy points in PPR. Freaking terrible. I don't know what's going on. I, I got Njoku back because his matchups are supposed to be amazing right now. Um, and he's just not doing it. But I'm hoping, I'm hoping that as the Bills keep or as the Browns keep rolling, they get Landry and Njoku more back involved in the passing game. Um, because that's their I think the real talent, the real weapons on their team is those two guys. The other the other dud I want to mention really quick is just the you know, we, we talk about uh receiving core is not being good or offense is not being good. But I'm just gonna say the entire New York Jets team is on my dead list this week with Josh McCown filling in for Sam Darnold, threw for only thirty four passes, seventeen completions for 135 yards, no touchdowns, two interceptions. You know, so the run game was also non-existent with 83 yards from three different running backs. And, you know, we all know how bad their defense did, too, against the Bills. So um, I'm just going to put the entire Jets team on my dead of the week. Yeah, I picked up the Jets defense last week and started them because I thought, you know, even with Barkley is going to start, it's going to be a low scoring game and the defense is going to. I don't understand how a veteran quarterback can come in and play as bad as he did against a guy who didn't wasn't even in the league last year and and that whole team let him put up whatever it was 30 something points that i totally agree with you that was highly disappointing from a fantasy perspective you know what though man on that jets like that was a good play you know and that's, i think we have heard that this week by everybody like you know sometimes that just happens in fantasy it's an outlier i mean all year it's been you play the defense that's playing the bills so i mean that was a good play and just unfortunately this week you know the jets freaking laid a huge egg but my dud, my duds of the week. My first one is Jordan Howard. You know, everyone was hyping him up the last couple of weeks. He had some uh, good games, but uh, last week he had uh, 11 rushes for 21 yards and only one target for 11 yards. So that was a really bad day from him, especially against Detroit. And the Chicago Bears' office actually did pretty well. Um, and I also I had Tom Brady. I know we talked about it last week, Tommy. Um, that if you still were happy about or still thought Tom Brady was a, a quarterback one last week. So he was 21 for 41 for 254 yards, zero touchdowns, but zero interceptions too. So that was good. But yeah, really bad performance by uh, the Patriots overall. Well, I think you called it. You know, Tom Brady doesn't play good against defensive players or coordinators that are ex-Patriots. And yeah, I, I should have reconsidered because almost, you know, lost me the game uh, because of him. But you know, I'm just hopefully chalking it up to just a bad game, you know, and and if his floor, if his lowest game is going to be 10 or 13 points, I don't know. I mean, I, I got him because he's usually in the 20-something range, and that's all I need him to do. But, you know, going back to that, what you said about picking the defense that's playing against the Bills, and I know that's been the, a thing in the past, too, with the Browns, but at the same time, because it's turning to the Raiders, and you're starting to see, especially like Vince always picks up the team or even like you, Steve, last week that's playing the Raiders. And 
I mean, I think that's true to play against a bad offense, but the defense still has to be a solid defense. And I don't think the Jets defense was really that good. And a lot of people are picking Arizona this week because they're play, playing against the Raiders. But don't forget that Arizona's defense isn't that good and they haven't been playing that good all year. So just a word of caution to, to fantasy owners out there. Let yes, Dominic, you did a shitty pick up. last week. Let me see who I picked up this week. Oh, Arizona's defense. <laughs> Oh, we'll Pretty see who's right. Is that a, is that a bet? Should we put, is that a bet? See, Ooh, see it sounds like that. a board bet. I, I feel like uh, Arizona's defense is a little bit higher scoring. And oh, yeah. They're I playing at home. And I'm just grasping at straws here. So <laughs> no, I think you're right. What's the over-under? Would you say like eight fantasy points or ten? Well, the first time they played San Francisco, they put up 26 points. And San Francisco is the seventh lowest or offense, and Oakland's the fifth. So... I'm 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 rolling the dice. I'm gonna stick with them. So would, definitely would you, boom or bust. So say it's ten points. Would you bet? Would you take a bet? I'll take they don't score. They don't score more than ten points. Would you take the, the yeah, over? I'll yeah, I'll take that bet all day. And so I, I don't want to pick up a team that's not going to score more than less than t- you know one one touchdown and they're you know they're seven points. So I, I think you should set the over under at fifteen. Personally. No, that's more 10, realistic. No, ten, and we'll make it a hundred dollar bet. I like the ten. Oh, I'll take the ten. All right, you guys heard it here. We're betting now. <laughs> All right, let's move on to uh, waiver wire pickups. Dominic, who do you have for your number one pickup this week? Yeah, we already mentioned him. Uh, he was highly droppable three weeks ago, but Derek Henry. Uh, he's highly de- TD dependent, but like I mentioned, he has three TDs in the last two games, and I believe Vince picked him up in our league uh, Tuesday. Tommy. Yeah, my player is worth picking up. I have one of them is not available in that many leagues, and and our and our league has had him for a few weeks now. Is Allen Robinson? He had he was the second highest scoring wide receiver of the week last week with thirty one fantasy points in PPR, coming off of six six catches for one hundred thirty three yards and two touchdowns. So you know I've been hyping up Tyler Gabe, Taylor Gabriel a bit, but I think Allen Robinson is definitely the receiver to own in Chicago. Uh, another guy I have. Uh, kind of coming on the scene, I, I think just last week. I mean, I, he hasn't been on my radar, but I definitely saw him in that Sunday night football game. Josh Adams for the Philadelphia Eagles. Um, he's looking like the back to own in Philadelphia, averaging 6.25 yards per carry over the last three games. I mean, that's real similar numbers to Aaron Jones. And uh, Eagles coach Doug Peterson confirmed that Josh Adams will get more carries going forward. And that's according to Zach Berman from uh, Roto World. Uh, definitely a, a site that I trust. You know, so maybe maybe it's now time to start the free Adams hashtag and and pick up Josh Adams and hopefully he keeps getting the ball and, and running. All right, my pickup for the week is uh, Rashad Penny. Uh, he had an outstanding game against the Rams. He rushed uh, for twelve times for one hundred and eight yards and a touchdown. Uh, looked really good. I think that with Chris Carson still being hurt, he'll be splitting the reps with uh, Mike Davis. But he is a first round pick, so I think the coaching staff might start maybe feeding him the ball a little bit more. Yeah, not so much a, a pickup, but a shout out uh, with your Allen Robinson, Tommy, is to Mitch Trubisky. He, uh, I think he got me 40-something points, 42 points last week, and it's the second time I've had to start him over Deshaun Watson because he had a bye last week and then a bad matchup, and he's produced for me both times, so he's definitely going to be on my list of quarterbacks to draft next year. I think it's a production of Matt Nagy's offense, but I think he's, he's the real deal, and he's, he's done really well this year. I mean, I saw a stat where he's like the quarterback one the last like three or six weeks or something like that, like six over weeks. Patrick Mahomes. Yeah, yeah. I think that's a great pickup, Dom. Uh, who, what are you going to do? Because you have Watson and and, uh, and Trubisky. I mean, are you going to start him over 
Uh, are you going to start Trubisky over Watson, you think, this week? Or what are no, you going to do? 90% Watson all the way, unless the matchup is just completely terrible. If the Redskins defense didn't slip up the last week and a half, two weeks, uh, I'd consider it. But I think they're hurting right now, and Watson, I think, still has the higher ceiling. And against Minnesota, Trubisky, it's a, you know, it's a conference rivalry. It's going to be cold on Sunday night, and so I'm still going to go with Watson. All right, Tommy, why don't we answer some uh, voicemail calls from uh, some of our listeners? All right. So we got a few different voicemails this week. Uh, thanks to everyone for calling in. Definitely appreciate it. Appreciate the, the, the real questions, the funny calls that are just, you know, talking some smack or just saying something funny. We, we love it. We'll play the rest of them at the end of the podcast as usual. But let's, uh, we picked out two this week to answer on the pod. First one's from our boy John in the league. And here it is. Yeah, this is John with a question. Since you're not going to play any of my other calls, I think I'd have a legitimate question this time. First one, who do you not want to face in the playoffs? Second one, who do you think will be the champion? That's a good question, John. Two good questions. I'm going to answer it with one person, and that's uh, Vince's team. I think Vince's team is the best team in the league. I definitely don't want to face them in the playoffs. He's averaging 160 points per week uh, right now in fantasy. So um, I just don't know how and when he's going to slow down. I mean, you might catch him slipping next week when the Chiefs have a uh, bye, but if the Chiefs continue to play the way they're playing, I think he's pretty unbeatable. Yeah, that's who I don't want to see either, Steve, and it's because he has the highest ceiling potential, and any week he can put up 180, 190 points against you. I actually put out my ideal playoff scenario, first-round bye for me, Second second round, I want to play Tommy. Uh, Brady's under concussion protocol against Pittsburgh. Oh. And Carolina shuts down Michael Thomas on Monday night. Then I beat Steve in the finals with <sighs> Drew Brees not playing week 16 because he's got home field locked up. So that's my ideal situation. And you don't have to play Vince at all? What do you guys box Vince out? I like what it. do you have, Tommy? What's your answer? Uh, same. I have Vince. Uh, I definitely don't want to face Vince in the in the playoffs until it's the championship, and it's me versus him in, in the Brother Bowl, the Brother Super Bowl. Uh, I think that would be cool to have. And uh, and if it's not me sneaking in there to win from sixth place, because that's uh, you know the money position, Steve and a couple others have won from their sixth place position. Um, uh, if it's not me, I, I think uh, I think the trophy makes a return trip to the North Shore of Oahu, and if it happens this time, I, I better see videos of uh, Vince surfing with the trophy this time. All right, what's the next voicemail, Tommy? All right, so this next voicemail comes in from Frank B at the FFL Wire from Twitter. Thanks for the question, Frank. Appreciate you calling in, and all you guys out there in the Twitter universe, go check out Frank uh, at the FFL Wire. Thanks, Frank. Appreciate the call. What's up, two-on-one pod? This is Frank B. at the FFL Wire. Hey, I wanted to hit you guys up. I like your podcast. And I wanted your thoughts on Josh Reynolds. Not really a starter sick question, but like he's not getting a lot of talk out there as far as replacing Cooper Cup. I was able to land him, luckily, in a deep league. And I'm going to hang on to him, but I just wanted to see what you guys thought as far as is he going to be worthwhile the rest of the season? My gut kind of says he is. I don't know. I just You guys are out West Coast crew, so I, I wanted your input and your insight. I'll be sure to listen to the pod. Tag me when it's up, man. I can't wait to hear it and hear the rest of the show. See you. Wow. Okay, so Josh Reynolds. Yeah, this guy has been getting a lot of buzz uh, 
in the fantasy football world this last week with uh, the news of Cooper Cup's uh, season-ending injury. You know, normally I, I wouldn't be super high on uh, the third, you know, slot, third strings uh, receiver on most fantasy teams. Um, but the Rams have shown they've been able to to carry three receivers and be pretty productive, you know, with Robert Woods and Brandy Cooks and Cooper Cup. So, you know, I don't I don't know exactly if he fully takes on that role, Cooper Cup's role, you know, as far as like that slot receiver that's getting a lot of targets, like a Julian Edelman type. But you know, I, I think he's worth a stash, you know, for the fantasy playoffs or or maybe a flyer in the flex position to help you get to the playoffs, you know, with a win in the last couple of weeks. You know, he may not get a lot of production this week, just being that first weekend, but it is against the Chiefs, you know, which doesn't have a, a amazing secondary, you know. So I think this is a good show me game, you know, since uh, if he's going to do anything uh, this week uh, is definitely the game to do it in. Yeah, I agree with you, Tommy. I think he's worth a stash because you never know what McVay is going to do with that offense. But I'd stash him for a couple weeks if he doesn't start producing, which I don't think he's going to. I think Woods moves into the true slot, takes over those production points. And I also think Higby, the tight end, is going to get some more targets. And then after their week 12 bye, I think Gurley's going to explode for 40% of their offense like he did last <laughs> year. And uh, he's going to take over and have a monster's end to the fantasy season. Yeah, I'm with you, Dominic, on the tight ends. I think that uh, Reynolds, is he'll get some targets, but I mean, even when Coop, uh, Cooper Cup was out uh, last time, he was targeted six times in two games. And one of those games, he did have two touchdowns. So, I mean, there was that that game, but still three targets in a game, you know. I don't think there's enough uh, production, and I'd rather go with one of those tight ends that they have right now. Everett probably would be my choice. So, yeah, maybe stash him. I'd rather be a week too late than a week too early with him. But I still think he's, you know, I don't think it's going to be that much production for him. You know, Cooper Cobb is definitely someone you could start every single week, you know. So if like, even if he's going to get the amount of targets, I don't know if you feel that confident, you know, with starting Josh Reynolds. Unless you're in a deeper league, like a 12 man league, or you're really hurting that receiver. All right, guys. Thanks for everyone uh, for leaving the messages this week. We hope we get some good ones for next week. Now let's move on to our uh, favorite, uh, favorite segment, the Commissioner's Corner. The Commissioner's Corner. All right, guys. So this week's game uh, we're going to play is called Would You Rather? Kind of like that drinking game we've all played back in college. You know, would you rather do this or that? (laughs) Uh, It's kind of like the name game. So I'm going to present players from the same position that you would rather have uh, start for the rest of the season moving forward. So let's start with the quarterback position. Steve, we'll start with you, and then we'll jump to Dominic, and then uh, back and forth. So... How about this first one? Rest of the season, would we rather start Ryan Fitzpatrick or Philip Rivers? Definitely going to go with Philip Rivers. Uh, I thought about Fitzpatrick a little bit, but I think Philip Rivers <laughs> is just a little bit more consistent. Uh, I still think that Ryan Fitzpatrick is always a couple interceptions away from getting ganked and uh, Winston going in for him. So I'll go with Philip Rivers. All right, Dom, Philip Rivers or Ben Roethlisberger? Oh, that's easy. Uh, ben Roethlisberger, he's got better weapons, and they th- he threw five TDs last week. All right, uh, Steve, Ben Roethlisberger or Deshaun Watson? I'll stick with Big Ben. I mean, I, I know Deshaun Watson is uh, you know a lot more exciting, um, but I heard a stat that today, which was shocking, that he's only thrown uh, twice for two touchdowns in a game and one touchdown in every other game besides that. And obviously he had that one monster game where he had five. So he's having a kind of a – inconsistent year you know i just think he's just he's too up and down so i'd rather go with big ben like dominic said more weapons more consistency 
All right, Dom, Big Ben or Mitchell Trubisky? Ooh, Mitch is trending up. Uh, stick with Big Ben. Same reasons I said before. All right. Steve, Big Ben or Cam Newton? I'll go with Cam Newton. Just I just think the running ability of Cam is uh is next level. I mean he's like a running back on the goal line. He you know, he takes some of those goal line snaps, so I'll, I'll go with Cam Newton. Okay, this one is uh kind of trolling Dominic a little bit. Uh Cam Newton or Matthew Stafford? Uh I would never pick Matthew Stafford. <laughs> <laughs> so Cam Newton, but I, I would like to go back and I would pick Ben over Cam, but I can't do that. Nope, That's not how the game Cam. works, bro. You're always trying to change the game rules. <laughs> always man. trying to change the game, dude. Always. Okay, uh back to Steve. Uh Cam Newton or Andrew Luck? I'll stick with Cam Newton. I just think he's having a, a good year. North Turner's really helped him out. So I'll I'll stick with Cam. All right, Dom. Uh Cam Newton or Drew Brees? Oh, Drew Brees all the way, putting up fifty points a game the last two games. Nice. Uh, Steve, Drew Brees, or Matt Ryan? I'll stick with Drew Brees. He is efficient. I think he's going to break the uh, the completion percentage again this year. Uh, so, yeah, Drew Brees all the way. Cool. Dom, <clears throat> Drew Brees or Jared Goff? I like Goff's weapons, but Drew Brees, seasoned veteran, Jared Goff still throws a couple too many picks. So, Drew Brees. Steve, Drew Brees, or Tom Brady? Uh, I think you know how I feel about Tom Brady. So <laughs> Drew Brees all the way. Dom, Drew Brees, or Patrick Mahomes? Patrick Mahomes, number one fantasy pick this year. Ride him till the wheels fall off. All right, and just to round it out, Steve, do you concur or someone yeah. else? Yeah, no, I agree. Patrick Mahomes all the way. The guy is unbelievable. Right on. All right, let's move to the wide receiver position. Uh, so let's start with... Oh, he's hurt, huh? Let's start with AJ Green or Keenan Allen. Uh, Dominic, you first. Keenan Allen, I think he's finally being the receiver he was supposed to be, and uh, he's having some big games. And like you said, AJ's hurt. Steve, uh, Keenan Allen or Kenny Galladay? I'll go with Kenny Galladay. I think that uh, game script's going to help him a little bit. Um, you know, I think the Detroit Lions are going to be uh, behind a lot. And, you know, I saw last week where Matthew Stafford basically just said, I'm just going to throw to Kenny Galladay because he's that much better. And he just basically force fed him the ball. He had a monster target day. So I'll go Kenny Galladay for the rest of the year. Nice. Dom, Kenny Galladay or Juju Smith-Schuster? Oh, that's tough because technically they're both number two receivers. Uh, Juju had that 75-yard bomb. Uh, I'll stick with Galladay just because of what Steve said. Last segment. All right, Steve. Kenny Galladay or Mike Evans? I'll go. I'll still go with Kenny Galladay. I don't think uh, Evans has as, as great of rapport with uh, Fitzpatrick as um, you know maybe Deshaun Jackson does or, or whatnot. I just don't. I don't know. Feel comfortable with Mike Evans? I don't know why. He just has such an up and down year. That on Mike Evans, he has the least amount of yards after catch. Either he catch bombs for touchdowns, yeah, or he gets tackled right away because they don't throw him screens. They don't throw him. You know, quick hitters, slants like that. So I agree. Crossing routes, not really. Yeah. Huh. They got to be more creative with them. Well, it's interesting too because he's like, I don't know, wide receiver like twelve or something right now with with one hundred fifty you know fancy points total, and and maybe a lot of that came early on in the season, but or that um, one game Dominic had against me. (laughs) (laughs) All right, Dom, uh, Kenny Galladay or Brandon Cooks. I'll take Brandon Cooks just because his vertical threat and Cooper Cup being out, he'll get a little bit more possession. So I'll go Cooks. 
All right, Steve, Brandon Cooks or Julio Jones? Ah, that's a tough one. Um, I'll have to go with Julio Jones just because of the target uh, share, uh, like I talked about before, volume. He just has more volume, although I think Cooks will probably end up scoring more touchdowns, but he only has three for the year anyway, so uh, Julio has two, so I'll go Julio. All right, Dom, Julio or OBJ? I'm still going to go Julio, two touchdowns the last two games, plus all his targets, and Odell has Eli throwing to him, so definitely going Julio. Steve, Julio Jones or Devontae Adams? I'll go, man, that's a tough one. I'll say Devontae Adams just because Aaron Rodgers is amazing, and I think he's in a, in a, a better offense where um, you know, he's going to get a little more target shares. All right, Dom, Devontae Adams or Adam Thielen? Oh, man. So tough because Thielen got hurt a little bit, then they had a bye. He has digs on his team. If I was going to redraft uh, wide receivers, those would be my number one and number two right now. Oh, maybe two and three, you know, behind AB, but and Michael Thomas. Oh, it's tough. Throwing a lot of names out there. <laughs> I'll go Thielen just because just of the targets. All right, Steve, Adam Thielen or Tyreek Hill? I will go Tyreek Hill just because of the, um, the, the, the home run ability. You know, I think that every time he touches the ball, he could take it to the house. So, and he's in a more prolific offense. So, Tyreek Hill. Yeah, my boy, uh, or our boy Nathan Parks from from Beck and Minot, is uh, a huge Kansas City fan, and, and said it last week. Uh, Tyreek Hill is the best weapon in in the NFL, and not necessarily the best receiver, but just the best weapon. I mean, that guy is ridiculous, super fast. Put him anywhere and get him the ball, and he's going to do something. All right, Don Tyreek Hill or DeAndre Hopkins. I'm going Hopkins. He's the most complete receiver. He does everything, runs the best routes, and Tyreek Hill is the best weapon, but he he has taken, not taken off two games, but he hasn't shown up fantasy-wise in two games this year just because they have so many other weapons, and Hopkins, I think, is lowest point total is around 15 points, if not higher than that, so DeAndre. All right, Steve, almost done. DeAndre Hopkins or Michael Thomas? Or Michael Thomas, hands down. Best receiver in the NFL right now. All right. Is he? Because it's going to be on you, Dom. Michael Thomas or Antonio Brown? Antonio Brown. (laughs) Antonio Brown. Best receiver, but you'd still go Antonio? I believe Michael Thomas is great, but Antonio Brown is the best receiver in the NFL. I disagree with Steve. I mean, yeah, but that wasn't the question though. Who's the best for the rest of the year, or is it? Who would you rather have? Yeah. Who would you rather have? So you'd rather have Antonio Brown? Oh, one hundred percent. Wow. Touchdown in the last, I don't know, eight, ten games. I mean, no, he's ever, I mean, no, yeah, he's good, but Michael Thomas is pretty tight, man. Yeah, no, <laughs> you're splitting hairs. Splitting hairs. Yeah, yeah. exactly. <laughs> All right, so let's roll with uh, our last uh, group, running backs. Definitely a deeper list, I think, here. So let's start with you, Steve. Uh, let's do Philip Lindsay or Carry On Johnson. I'll do Carry On Johnson. I think he's starting to trend upward. Uh, it's trying to be more involved in the passing game right now. So, carry on Johnson for me. All right, Dom, carry on Johnson or Tevin Coleman? That's tough because Tevin Coleman only produces when Devontae's out. Uh, but I'll go Tevin Coleman just because I think carry on Johnson trended up, peaked, and now is going back down because he's on the lines. All right, Steve, Tevin Coleman or Adrian Peterson? I'll do um, Tevin Coleman. 
just because he's involved more in in uh, the passing game. So Adrian Peterson's doing a great job uh, rushing the ball, but he is a zero uh, factor in the passing game. So Tevin Coleman for me. All right, Dom, Tevin Coleman or Tariq Cohen? I'm going to say Tevin Coleman's a better Tariq Cohen, so Tevin Coleman. Mm, I like it. Uh, Steve, Tevin Coleman or Joe Mixon? Wow, that's a tough one. I mean, Joe Mixon is the better running back in my opinion, so I guess I'll go with Joe Mixon. You know, he does everything well. I just the Bengals offense right now is playing so poorly, but I'll go with Joe Mixon. All right, Dom, Joe Mixon or David Johnson? Oh, David Johnson is back to form. Byron Leftwich is his offensive coordinator. He's looking like a true top four running back, so David Johnson. All right, Steve, David Johnson or Ezekiel Elliott? Ooh, I'll probably go with David Johnson just because, like Dominic says, he's playing back to what how he's played before. And then I think he's more uh, productive in the passing game with those little dump-offs by Rosen. So I'll go David Johnson. I think he's going to kill the Raiders this weekend. Uh, I think so. <laughs> <laughs> That's a high possibility. <laughs> I think he'll outscore the Raiders himself. himself. Probably. <laughs> Probably. Uh, all right, Dom, a David Johnson or Christian McCaffrey? Just because Cam takes Christian McCaffrey's goal line touchdowns, oh, that's a tough, tough one. I'll go David Johnson still. Nice. Steve, let's do David Johnson or Kareem Hunt. Uh, Kareem Hunt, better offense. Uh, he does it all. He's uh, really impressed me this year. I thought he was going to take a big step back this year, and uh, he's done really well. So Kareem Hunt. All right, Dom, Kareem Hunt or James Conner? Yeah, I thought Kareem Hunt was going to get some of his touches taken away from where. I haven't seen that guy at all this year. I'm going to stick with Kareem Hunt over Conner just because I like it. AB was my number one receiver, so not enough ball to go around. Where did get a touchdown last week and is now the new handcuff to own in the fantasy world? All right, Steve, let's do Kareem Hunt or Melvin Gordon. I'll do Melvin Gordon, partly because I own him, but uh, he's awesome. He scored a touchdown in the last seven games, I think. Uh, he's just been playing really well. Uh, he's dynamic. He can do it all. He's always uh, able to break it, so I'll go Melvin Gordon. You know what he looks like to me? He looks like Melvin Gordon from back in his Wisconsin days. Yeah, definitely. You know, Agreed. Like those, those first couple of years in the league with a little rocky, a little rough, and I know he had uh, – It was Mike McCoy, hit. man. Yeah, yeah, and he had Woodhead there kind of taking some uh, yeah. some touches from him. But How tall is Melvin Gordon? Because he looks taller than I remember him being even last year. Like He looks he's like 6'1". Six six he's like 7'12", dude. <laughs> <laughs> Did you see yeah. him take that screen pass to the house? That's what I'm saying, man. That's Ridiculous. crazy. All right, so Dom, let's do Melvin Gordon or Saquon Barkley. Melvin Gordon, just because of better offense, and Eli Manning is looking better but melvin gordon okay steve melvin gordon or alvin Kamara? i'll have to go with alvin Kamara. just uh if i mean if we're talking like ppr leagues uh alvin Kamara is just uh he is crazy man he, and he has so many goal line touches which is really important so alvin Kamara. would you trade Kamara straight up for gordon that's a really hard one um, that's the way I look at it. Is well, that's a good point? Yeah, I mean, if, if I'm gonna if, I, if I'm gonna pick Alvin Kamara, then I would trade him up. I don't think I would. Yeah. Well, partly because I'm gun shy too. I've had a couple of bad <laughs> trades the last couple of years, so I'm the wrong person to ask about running trade running backs right now. But uh, yeah, I'll still stick with Alvin Kamara. I think he's the best uh, uh, PPR running back. 
All right. So here's an easy softball layup. Todd Gurley. Home run. Todd, Todd Gurley. Gurley. <laughs> That's an easy one. I take Todd Gurley over most quarterbacks. I'll take Todd Gurley over anyone. If that guy doesn't win MVP this year, I I, I don't know. The, the thing's rigged. To, the, the thing is rigged to its quarterbacks. I still think it's Drew Brees just because he's older. And I think it depends on who goes to the Super Bowl between those two. Yeah, I can see that. I can see a, a world where uh, Todd Gurley gets offensive MVP of the year and then uh, Drew Brees gets the NFL MVP. Yeah, it makes sense. All right, guys. That's all I got for you this week. All right, thanks a lot, Tommy. All right, let's move on to Super Friends League Talk. The Super Friends League. All right, guys, a quick recap of Week 10 in the Super Friends League. We had Noble Savages defeat Jeeba Strikes Back, 178-83. to We had the surprise of the week, Stand Up Colin, uh, finally getting a win, 172-125. to um, We also had Time to Eat defeating Expendables, 145-99. to Brady's Brown Boys was able to defeat Arm Rogery, 140 to 131, and the Godfather won 177 to 154 against the Mexicans. All right, Tommy, who has game of the week? But yeah, my game of the week for week 10 goes to, well, I was going to say his whole name, but he prefers to just go by Roop. Roop, the manager of Stand Up Colin, for breaking his nine game losing streak by defeating our co host and everyone's best friend, Dominic, the manager of Watson's Mackinac, my girly. Sorry, Dom. Roop got off to a hot start on Thursday Night Football with Roethlisberger and Vance McDonald putting up 62 points, and he never looked back. With a nail-in-the-coffin performance by Ezekiel Elliott with 36 points on Sunday Night Football, astonishingly, stand-up Colin, only the third-highest point total of the week with 172 points, as we had two other teams go absolute ham uh, this week, and uh, you know more points scored this week than I've ever seen. But yeah, sorry, Dom, you, you opened up the Bud Light fridge for Roop, and I think he was wasted by Sunday night. <laughs> yeah, I picked him to win, so it wasn't a shocker to me, but uh, it's not a shocker to me that I've been involved in, I think, three or four games of the week because <laughs> you like to give them to people who beat me. But yeah, Tommy hates you. <laughs> <laughs> you got it once. I know, that's what I'm saying. I, I got one for winning, and then I got three against me for my loss. Four for losing. <laughs> I, I just can't believe how many uh, high scores there were. I was pissed, man. I can't believe I lost last week. I mean, I scored 154. Those are the worst. When you have a good week and then, I mean, 177 from a, a, a team that was projected 129 points. Like, come on, man. Yeah, that's when, about bad beats, dude. That's when you go back and you're like, I would have beat this guy. I would have yeah, I guy. know, right? Just to make myself feel better for the week. Uh, an observation I have of the league this year is, man, there is a lot of parody. You know, we have uh, Tom Dominic, why don't you give everybody a, a quick rundown of the, stat, of the league? Uh, yeah, standing. so... As I said last week, uh, Vince catapults in the first place because we have four, seven, and three teams, but he has the highest point score at 1607. Then Matt moves into second place. I fall to third place, and John falls to fourth place, all seven and three. Then Steve's on a four game slide. Hopefully, he can turn around this week. He's at six and four. Then Tommy moves into the final playoff spot at five and five. I mean, I think you were there last week, but. It looks like you're 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 on your way to securing that spot at five and five. Then Art's the only one that's really threatening you at four and six. Then we have Jeff and Aaron Fosberg at three and seven. And then again, good job, Aaron, getting your first win, one and nine. I'm telling you, I'm trying to stay in that sixth spot. Like I don't, I want to get into the playoffs in the sixth spot because that has the best odds to win. Everything this year <laughs> was just the was the copy Steve when he's won and try to do everything he's done. And so I got to get in that sixth spot and stay there. 
but also we have no team that's clinched. Yeah, that's and crazy. This is like the first year it's ever happened. There's usually at least yeah. one team. And Steve, you were definitely in the running for that, like, you know, with your winning streak to start the season. Yeah. Um, and I thought you would have clinched by now. And it's wide open, you know, and there's not going to be a ton of movement. But like you said, with Art can still move up. Uh, I think Fosberg's team can still move up. A, a lot can happen. Well, there's three weeks left. So uh, technically, these guys could all finish six and seven. Um, I mean, I could finish six and seven. You know what I mean? So. Uh, there's still uh, a lot of possibility for a lot of movement at the bottom. So, yeah, I'm interested, man. I, I, this is one of the best years I can remember, um, the highest scoring I can remember for sure. But everyone just seems to be really in it and doing really well, and I think that's why you're seeing so much parity. Like, you know, this week, 9 and 10 both won and took out top top five teams. So uh, great job, everyone. All right, guys, let's make it hot in here with some blazing predictions. Blazing predictions. All right, so last week we had, you guys both had a pretty good week. I had a lousy week. I only got two right last week. Dominic and Tommy had uh, four correct. So for the year, Dominic's leading 30 picks correct. Uh, Tommy's right behind him at 29, and I'm at 26. All right, guys, so we have some pretty big matchups this week. Um, I want to start off first with uh, Time to Eat, who's in second place, uh, is playing Brady's Brown Boys, who's in sixth place. So obviously really uh, big game. Uh, right now, Brady's Brown Boys is projected to win 150 to 146. Uh, so Dominic, why don't you start us off this week? Yeah, so I got uh, Tommy in this one just because I want Matt to lose and move down a spot and let me jump him. But I do like uh, Tommy's pickup of Dak Prescott because uh, Brady's on a bye, and then he's got the best two receivers in Antonio Brown and Michael Thomas. Kareem Hunt against the LA Raiders scares me a little bit, Tommy, just because, I mean, not the Raiders, the Rams, just because the Rams have been giving up a gab load of yards to running backs. But uh, if they can figure it out, I think you have a shot. And uh, so I got Tommy in this one. What about you, Steve? Yeah, I got Tommy as well. Um, I like Dak Prescott a lot. Uh, Atlanta's um, averaging, giving 20 points to pretty much every quarterback since week two. So that's a pretty good uh, a matchup there. Obviously, the receivers are good. James Conner, as long as he's healthy. And uh, Aaron Jones has obviously started to come on his own. Um, and Matt has a lot of uh, investment in the Rams and Chiefs game. And, you know, I think it's going to be good. I mean, probably it's going to be good. But I feel like sometimes when everyone's like, oh, man, these games are going to be like outscoring. It's going to be like a 14 to 21 game or something. Maybe the defenses finally show up. So, yeah, I got uh, Tommy winning this week. That's a great point about about the Monday night football game. Um, and I don't know if them moving the game from – from Mexico to, to LA is going to make a difference. Um, you know, just kind of switching it up on them. You know, they were already in uh, Colorado getting used to elevation, you know, training up there at elevation and then having to come to sea level, you know, maybe that messes them up. I don't know. Uh, I'm kind of hoping it does. And yeah, if somehow this game could somehow implode and it just is some, a defensive game and the defenses go off on each other, uh, it would be amazing. But, you know, originally I was, I picked up Chris, uh, Kirk Cousins, to start in place of Tom Brady, um, especially because Matt has Stephon Diggs going off. Um, but just that matchup against the Chicago Bears, I, I just couldn't do it. And and Atlanta just kind of sucks lately. So I'm hoping, Dom, your your stats earlier about Amari Cooper helping out the Cowboys offense is really true. So um, if that happens, um, you know, if I can survive Monday nights, I, I need to put up a lot of points uh, before Monday night. And if that can happen, I'm, I'm going to pick myself. All right, so it looks like we have uh, three people for Tommy this week. 
All right, moving on to the next big game. Uh, we have Noble Savages in first place versus Mexicans, who's in fifth place. Uh, right now, it's projected uh, 149 to 147 with a slight edge to the Mexicans. Uh, Tommy, start us off. This one's going to come down to Vince's receivers, Tyreek Hill and OBJ, and then Camara, of course. But and, and then Steve's uh, Steve's running backs with Saquon Barkley and Melvin Gordon. I think Saquon has an amazing uh, matchup, and Melvin Gordon as well. Even though it's Denver's defense, I think he's still going to do really good. Um, so I think the the X factor in this game might be the tight end position uh, between Steve's Jordan Reed. You know what kind of what Jordan Reed are we going to see show up this week, um, and and Vince having Zach Ertz. So it, it's a tough one for me, and I think I just I don't know. It's almost a toss up. So I'm just going to be a homer and pick Vince. Yep, I'm going opposite. I'm picking Steve just because I want Vince to fall a spot. I think it has clearly has to do with Steve having Drew Brees, Vince having Kamara. If Drew Brees throws touchdown passes to other people or Mark Ingram runs them in, Steve wins. If Kamara gets two or three touchdowns, Vince wins. But I'm picking Steve in this one. So end the sli- slide, Steve, and uh, help me out. Thanks, man. I appreciate that. Uh I'm going to go with uh, Vince, uh, mainly because I picked myself all year. So hopefully this will uh, break the curse. Uh, but I just think his team is too good. Um, you know, with the Monday night football game against the Rams with Mahomes and Hill, um, Beckham against Tampa Bay, great matchup. Um, Kamara against the Eagles, yeah, we'll see. You know, um, and same with the running backs. But um, Zach Ertz, I think, like Tommy said, is going to be the big difference. I think he's a right receiver playing the tight end position. And. I just can't fathom dropping Jordan Reed, even though he's been terrible all year. But um, I wish I'd had Chubb this week, but I think uh, Noble Savage is going to edge me out and take it this week. All right, guys. Next matchup we have is the Expendables versus Watson Mackin on my girly. Uh, obviously, Dominic is in third and Art is in seventh place. So it's a big game for Art. He obviously wants to try to win this week to get uh, keep pace with Tommy right now. Um, right now, Watson Mackin on my girly is... A leader, one thirty-seven to one thirty-one projected. So, Tommy, start us off. Well, I'm glad Art set his lineup before our podcast, so I can actually look at his team and see who's going to play instead of guessing. Because um, earlier, I think you had. Three. I actually called him this morning and told him, "Hey, can you <laughs> set your lineup so we can do the podcast?" Right. Right on. Thanks, Steve. Thanks, um, he, he's never forgot to put a receiver thanks, or anything like that. That's yeah, not right. Yeah, yeah that's never right. happened. I'm going to go with Watson's McAnomic girly on this one. I, I think it's uh, I think it's a, a pretty easy win. I mean, unless, you know, by some crazy reason, O.J. Howard has another amazing game and, and Tariq Cohen uh, does as well. Uh, I, I think uh, Dominic's team has enough firepower, uh, especially just with Gurley. Again, Monday Night Football game, this game's going to be insane. Um, against Kansas City, I think he's going to have an amazing game. And then, um, you know, maybe it's a bounce back game, too, for Mike Evans at the Giants. Uh, I think it's a good matchup. So going with Watson's McAnomic early. Yeah, I agree with you, Tommy. I'm going with Dominic as well. I just like the uh, matchups a little bit better. Todd Gurley, I think he's going to go off. I think Monday Night Football, you know, the spotlight. That guy's a gamer, man. So I think he's definitely going to go off. I like Deion Lewis. He's trending up right now, especially against an Indianapolis Colts defense. That's so-so. Um, I think that he'll have a good game. And Evan Ingram has a really good matchup against Tampa Bay as well. Um, I really like Art's team, but you know Chris Carson, I don't even know if he's going to play right now. Um, O.J. Howard is hit and miss with Jack Doyle. Allen Robinson, he's got a lot of boomer bust players, um, which you know he definitely has a puncher's chance, but I think Dominic takes it this week. Yeah, I think it's going to come down to 
what Mike Evans is going to show up. If he gets me 15, 14, 15 points, I think I win this match. The thing that scares me about Art's team, I'm not joking about this, is Greg Zerline. He could put up 15, 18 points and edge me out by six points because we've been talking about that Monday night football game. But I'm picking myself just because I want to get back in the first place and I want to clinch that first playoff spot. So I'm going with myself. All righty. So three for uh, Dominic this week. We'll see what happens. Good luck, Art. Um, next game we have is a stand-up Colin versus Jeebus Strikes Back. Right now, Jeebus Strikes Back is projected to win 142-135. to 135. Dominic, start us off. I'm going to take Aaron R. in this one for his two-game win streak. Uh, oh. I like Devontae Adams a lot. Like I said, I would if we redrafted him, he'd be a top three receiver for me. And I like Zeke against Atlanta a lot. So uh, Aaron's going to get a two-game win streak, and John's going to fall farther into uh, the bottom of the playoff back bracket. Tommy? Well, I'm trying not to have recency bias uh, in this pick because Jeebus had a terrible game last week with, I think, only 83 points scored, and, and Santa Collin went off. And, and right. you know, I think his team's, I don't know, definitely trending up. It definitely has that potential. Uh, I see some holes on, on both of uh, both their teams, but... You know, I think it comes down to the tougher matchups on Jeebus's side. Uh, you have DeAndre Hopkins going against Washington. Um, and he's going to be shadowed by Josh Norman the whole time. And then Adam Thielen going against Chicago. I just, even though I'm playing Dalvin Cook on, on my team, I, I just, I don't know, I feel really bad about this game. I, I don't feel good about uh, them go, coming off the bye and going up against Chicago. I mean, it's another week to prepare, but, you, you know, going back to, to Rapoli's team, uh, Zeke Elliott's getting hot and going up against Atlanta, and uh, yeah, even Sammy Watkins, you know, another uh, Sammy Watkins and Jerry Goff. You know, it's like everyone has uh, shares in Monday Night Football. So, right, uh, let's just go with that game and and yeah, stand up calling two game win streak. Here we go. Yeah, I'm going with Rapoli as well. Um, same thing with you guys are saying matchups right now. Um, I don't like dealing at uh, Chicago. Um, Coleman's kind of hit or miss for me right now. Alex Collins, same thing. Um, you know, Tyler Boyd's going against Baltimore, which is tough for John's team. Um, and on the flip side, Aaron has some good matchups. Uh, we all saw what Nick Chubb did last week to the Falcons, so we can only imagine what uh, uh, Ezekiel Elliott will do. Um, I think Vance McDonald and Kenny, Connie Galladay are actually trending up. And I also, Sammy Watkins is a good stat, man. When he's played healthy in eight games, he's been a wide receiver, no lower than a wide receiver uh, or higher than a wide receiver 17. So he's actually having a good year when he's playing. So I think with um, the Rams maybe focusing on Tyreek Hill a little bit more, I think it's a good game for Watkins. So I'll take Rapoli. Can we all agree that John wins the has the most players questionable award? I mean, I feel like every year, every week, he's got four or five guys questionable. They always all play, but I just think that's funny. He goes into every Sunday just worried. Yep. <laughs> All right, guys, last game, we have uh, eight versus nine, the Godfather versus Arm Rodgery. Right now, Arm Rodgery is projected to win 138 to 130. Uh, Tommy, finish this off, man. Yeah, they're both ranked three and seven. So I think whoever wins definitely takes a step out of mediocrity. I know Godfather and Arm Rodgery really could use the win. And it's a really close matchup. You have Arm Rodgery with a higher point total right now. You know, So then we're just going to look at matchups again and uh, Christian McCaffrey at Detroit, Juju at Jacksonville, Joe Mixon at Baltimore. And I'm really not liking Marlon Mack uh, lately. 
I mean, it's not really the return of Jordan Wilkins. It's just it's just not looking good. And he's playing against Tennessee, who obviously is, is their defense is you know on a roll right now. So you know, on the Godfather's team, I think David Johnson against Oakland, Keenan Allen against Denver, uh, and Robert Woods against Kansas City. Again, another Monday Night Football game. So let's just keep going with that one. Let's go Godfather in the win. Hey, Dom, what do you think? My th- initial thought was, who cares? Because neither of these guys are getting in the playoffs. No, I'm just kidding, guys. But uh, I have uh, Aaron Fosberg in this one. I don't think Doyle's going to do anything uh, you know, over Ebron, and I don't think Miller's going to do anything against the Redskins. And I really like uh, CMC against Detroit. So Aaron moves up one spot closer to edging. They see if you get a loss to get into that sixth playoff spot. But uh, sorry, Jeff. I do like David Johnson against Oakland. He might score 50 points, but I still got Fosberg in this one. Yeah, I agree with you, uh, Dominic. I got Fosberg as well. I just like his matchups. I think uh, Carson Wentz going against New Orleans, he's going to have to score points or they're going to have to throw the ball a lot. I also like McCaffrey at Detroit. Uh, Jared Cook at Arizona, and obviously Christian McCaffrey has been a touchdown machine this year. So I'd like a Fosberg a little bit more, even though the Godfather has some good matchups as well with some good players. I just think Arm Rodriguez maybe sneaks this one and takes it. All right, guys, that does it for today. If you like what you're listening to, please rate and review the show on iTunes or follow us on SoundCloud. Please leave any comments or questions in our Yahoo Fantasy app. Hit up the voicemail line during the week. Or send us a tweet at the pod's Twitter handle, at 2on1FFBpodcast. And as always, you can find us on Twitter. I'm at FBSavant7075. And I'm at TMO52 underscore. And I'm at YeastMode24. Getting more active on Twitter. <laughs> Good looking fantasy guys this week. This is a message from Jeebus. I will grant the victory to Stand Up Colin. And... I will be feeling kind of risky for a Sunday, so I will make it a tight game, and we will see if the Godfather can do it. Uh, maybe another drink or two, and I'll let him have it. That boy good. That boy good.